0: Oh, and welcome to the NXT Takeover review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's NXT Takeover 36. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture dressing on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT but also Raw, SmackDown. AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review NXT TakeOver 36. I've got to admit, Sidg, I was a little bit apprehensive heading into this show. We'd had, obviously, Rampage in the debut of uh, CM Punk, a... Topsy-turvy SummerSlam with some huge moments and a few decent matches, but a bit all over the place, to be perfectly honest. And I was worried that TakeOver was going to be a bit of an afterthought, and there wasn't a lot of anticipation, I think it's fair to say, heading into this show. But I have to say, I woke up this morning, watched TakeOver, and absolutely loved it. In particular, I mean, we already knew that they had the capability of pulling off a a five-star match. But yet again, Walter and Dragunov just smashed it, didn't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought um, takeover on the whole uh, was really, really strong. Hey, Vic Joseph, what did you think? It
0: was great!
1: (laughs) Um, I think if it weren't for, if you take Walter Dragunov out of the equation, you're left with a momentous, climactic... Pretty good, not great takeover, but God damn, that match was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Murray just watched it in the office on his lunch break there, and as soon as I heard, Frank Joseph! I was like, oh Christ, I'm going to have to listen to him again, purely because that match was so great. So I watched the last 10 minutes over his shoulder. My God, that was the best WWE match of the year. For the second year running, Volta mm. and Ilya Dragunov have the best match in all of WWE. And the irony is... The WWE defense squad, who would describe me as being biased, probably don't know who Ilya Dragunov is. (laughs) So watch him. He's really good. (laughs) He's he's phenomenal, in fact. Uh, But yeah, I had a good time watching the show. I don't think it was anything that was exceptional outside of that. But, you know, as a viewing experience, it wasn't totally excessive in length, Mm. parodic in
0: its work and style. Let's break it down. I generally had a good time watching this. I don't think they put a foot wrong. I mean, it's a sort of a show that you're inclined to heap praise on in terms of the fact that a lot of the wins were babyface wins, so you're in a better mood, naturally, uh, in amongst it all. And I got a little bit annoyed with the crowd, more so than than WWE or the wrestlers at one point, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, let's start at the beginning of the show, uh, because the show opened with the Million Dollar Championship match. It was LA Knight versus... Cameron Grimes, baby, to the moon! Uh, with the stipulation being, of course, Cameron Grimes wanted to win the Million Dollar Championship, and if he lost, then Ted DiBiase would become LA Knight's butler, uh, and Cameron Grimes comes out in his stupid butler outfit, rips it off, puts it in a million-dollar bin, <laughs> Uh, and he's got this waistcoat with the dollar signs on and stuff. He comes out, LA Knight comes out furious, kicks the bin, and uh, they get straight into it. Uh, the story of the match was uh, Grimes continuously, uh, especially early on, uh, going for the million-dollar dream. Knight countered that by rolling out to the floor, uh, avoided a, a few kicks, but then Grimes catches him. And then Ted DiBiase whips Grimes into a drop kick on LA Knight. love that little assist there. Later on, they're back in the ring, and uh, Knight turns the tide by tripping Grimes into the bottom rope. Always panics me when they do those sorts of spots because it's like uh, you can. Do, there's only a certain way you can sort of protect that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, Knight hits a bulldog, hits a burning hammer for a, for a two count, and they they trade uh, trade strikes. Uh, Knight sends Grimes out to the floor, and then Grimes recovers, skins the cat, and hits his brilliant running Spanish fly for a near fall. So uh, Knight pops Grimes up on the top rope, hits a top rope German, he gets a near fall off that, uh, but then Grimes counters the uh, BFT and locks on the Million Dollar Dream finally. Uh, Knight cradles him, but Grimes doesn't let it go, he kicks out of the, of the pinfall but keeps hold of it, uh, and so Knight just sends them both through the ropes to, it to eventually break that. Knight is fed up at this point. He uh, is desperate as well. So he goes out, he picks up his million-dollar championship, brings it into the ring. Grimes nails him with a kick as he comes in. So uh, Ted DiBiase takes the title, or the referee gets rid of it, I should say. Ted DiBiase gets into it with LA Knight on the outside as uh, as the referee is dealing with the title and Grimes. So (laughs) DiBiase just twats LA Knight, um, and then DiBiase puts the belt back in, to the uh, back into the the uh, ring, that gets the referee to get rid of it again, so he can put La Knight in the Million Dollar Dream, sends him back in, and Grimes hits the cave in. One, two, three. Cameron Grimes finally is your Million Dollar Champion. Great opener, I thought.
1: I thought this was very good, and I also thought it was a very appropriate slash fitting payoff to the wider storyline. In that it was really entertaining, actually good. Maybe a bit too long. Mm. Maybe two or three minutes I got lost when I realized that they were going to go about 15, 16. But and there was one... It's the sort of thing, if you're going to be a pedantic dick about it, which I'm not. And I usually are about NXT as well, mm-hmm. which, which probably speaks a lot um, to how much this put me in a decent mood um, early in the wee hours as a UK viewer. The, I don't know if DBRC's timing was off or the referee was a little bit more inexperienced, but it kind of didn't work. Some of the outside stuff, if you want to apply logic to it, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to. I thought it was a really fun match. I really liked the characters, the hyper entertaining, and um, some of the work as well was far better than the uh, reputation that LA Knight has got. It wasn't a blow away match, but it was really well done, really well crafted, really entertaining. It actually had a bit of heft to it as well. As you said, Cameron Grimes took some like horrendous looking bumps very well, of course. He's a very mm-hmm. good professional wrestler. What I'm getting at is that he added to the drama by going all in. It wasn't just a fluff TV match. I think they struck the balance of a p- pretty difficult job. They had to, it was an entertaining show opener. They had to get the crowd, what few members of there are, on board. <laughs> they had to, like, wrestle a good match. That is part of the brand's ethos, or at least it was, because this was essentially WrestleMania 17 in a social club. <laughs> um so that'd do something entertaining, that'd do something good, that'd do something with a nice feel-good ending. I thought they accomplished all of that with a nice little hybrid of wrestling and sports entertainment. Two minutes too long, probably, but in a little bit illogical with the ref stuff, or just be set with timing issues. But look, I really enjoyed this LA night, considering he arrived in NXT. with People being been a little bit cruel, I thought. Because, you know, his reputation as a guy who thinks he's the rock. When he's working impact, there's a bit of dissonance there. But I think he's done a bang-up job. And I really enjoyed this. And one more thing before we move on. It was weird. Cameron Grimes in that Teddy DiBiase gear. You always run the risk of, oh, does it just look like a mark? Loving the 80s, guys, as so many of these, you know, millennial wrestlers do. I reckon that was somewhere between AJ Styles and Ric Flair's robe. And Darby Allin as Sting. Those are the two extremes. Darby Allen's yes. thing just works and it's amazing because it's almost like Sting loves being around Darby Allen as much. Ric Flair and AJ Styles' role was just how can we get these little vanilla midgets over? <laughs> Horrendous. I would put Grimesy in the middle of that, which is a decent achievement. It could look so bad, mm-hmm. but Cameron Grimes, he's just over as hell, isn't he? Cheers to us. It's um, <laughs> <Well>, uh,
0: <that's laughs>
1: the last time you're going to get to say that. Okay.
0: Um, but like, I mean,
1: you, you can if you want, but I don't really think there's going to be much in the horizon for old
0: LA Knight. But like we, we've talked about this in the build to it, and, and me and Hamlet mentioned it in the in the preview uh, over the weekend. Credit where it's due, like you say, not only to, to LA Knight, but across the board, really, to WWE, because I think this entire package storyline from beginning to end to, you know, Camera Grimes, obviously, initial interactions with Ted DBRC, and then bringing LA Knight into it and the title, and then the initial title win for LA Knight and the story that's led to this. I think it's been it's been one of the better things that they've done this year.
1: It has, it has. I would like to know what would have happened had NXT done this kind of storytelling at the start of the Wednesday Night War. Yeah, I'm working on a project, as you all know, or some of you know, and I'm currently revisiting the those early battles. Of the Wednesday Night War. And people are going, yeah, yeah, NXT really suffered as a result of the pandemic. Isn't this Capitol Wrestling Center a bit of a bummer? No, the booking was a bummer. <laughs> like, I'm wading through, like, Kashida stealing Cameron Grimes' hat. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a match. Cameron Grimes just getting punched in the face off Tyler Bates, who's a baby face. All right, they'll have a match. Killian Dane threatening to break. Um... Pete Dunne in half. Pete Dunne in response going, I don't care about Killian dying." Adam Cole working Dominic Dijakovic in a ladder match to get the advantage in War Games match. Just like, Jesus Christ, how much do you want us to watch this show? Too bloody much. If they'd actually crafted a storyline like this, instead of just doing the most grabby, basic, oh Christ, we need a banger, we need a banger. Uh, <laughs> steal someone's hat. Or you could just go, uh, write a storyline. Yeah. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I'm uh, so bloody
0: serious back then as well. The Christ,
1: as well. So friggin' trap. Slipknot Marrow. Hat theft. Like, give a
0: goddamn break.
1: They deserve to lose. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wouldn't if they'd actually put the thought that has gone into the storyline because it's been, uh, it's gone long, but like,
0: uh, LA Knight has been so entertaining throughout it in particular. Mm. Say it again. She just does. Uh, then we got the NXT Women's Championship match, Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. And yet again, NXT. It's This is like back in the day when I used to never watch the TV and just watch the takeovers. The video package for this was just like, well, this is the one of the best storylines they've got going right now in terms of her turning on her best friend. And, you know, as long as you've got me by your side, you're going to be NXT Women's Champion. It just sold it perfectly. Uh, and the story of the match was, you know, Gonzalez is the... It's sort of weird to have it this way around in terms of the heel is using her speed and quickness and the the baby face is just power moves, but that's exactly what it was. Um, She uh, she puts Gonzalez early on in a cross arm breaker, for example, but Gonzalez eventually fights back, hits power slams. Uh, Kai hits her with a diving crossbody, but Gonzalez catches her, rolls through, drops her over the ropes. And uh, so then Kai responds by, again, targeting Gonzalez's arm over the top rope. She hits a Yakuza kick, um, she uh, comes in, she gets a two-count, it's a draping facebreaker for another two-count, so Gonzalez's arms have been weakened, so when she goes for a powerbomb, Kai can and then subsequently turn that into a flying triangle, to which Gonzalez gets out that by just, Hoying Dakota Kai into the corner, basically. Kai gets another great near fall uh, after hitting the chiropractor. Gets in Gonzalez's face. Gonzalez goes for a spine buster, but uh, Kai fights out, climbs the ropes, and hits a brilliant diving double stomp for a near fall. Uh, They're on the top rope. Kai escapes. Kai hits a pump kick. She goes to hit that running Yakuza kick of hers. Uh, But Gonzalez catches her and hits a second rope finisher. Bomb off the second rope for the victory. As anticipated, Raquel Gonzalez retains the NXT Women's Championship. But in a very exciting moment after the match, as well, Gonzalez is celebrating when Kaylee Ray's music hits. She walks out onto the ramp. It looks like she may well be next for Raquel Gonzalez, the perfect, I think, heel opponent next for for Raquel Gonzalez. But what do you think? Uh, and what did you reckon to the match?
1: Um, Kaylee Ray is really good. No one reacted to the music, but that's an NXT UK problem for you. I thought Dakota Kai individually might never have looked better than she did in yeah. this match. And I don't want to no sell um Raquel Gonzalez's contribution. She did one particular like awesome like spot of pure defiance, which just grabbed her by the face. Yes. That was tits, that was awesome. That was, this was a match that the bill deserved so much more for because it was like rushed. And you could tell like Dakota Kai's main roster bounce. So There's had to get it out of the way and burn through every beat. Um, but it felt like they'd put so much effort and thought into really crafting this match as an almost passion project that it must be because they've been building this thing, knowing that the second they were paired together, being wrestling, they were like, right, okay, at some point we're going to have a match. Hopefully the stakes will be big. It'll be for the title or whatever. And it feels like they've really wanted to pay off just how much the fans, few of them, but enough to not get it cancelled anyway, have invested in this match, just these lovely little details, that spot where she grabbed by the face was great, Dakota Kai, like her evasions in the way she was, like the unique way she was running the ropes and lo- like using misdirection to launch into her attacks, like she could not have done more to put Raquel Gonzalez over as someone Like, if you get in too close proximity to her, Mm -hmm. you are going to get damaged. And I thought she was so creative. And it had such a dramatic effect in terms of... Like, when she was bouncing off the ropes and sliding underneath, it really felt like she's really trying not to get hurt by this person. Mm -hmm. And when she did get hurt by said person, it had a massively, like, cathartic, dramatic effect. Great heel work. Great in-ring performance. Like... And you know what, Gonzalez, who isn't obviously as good, I don't think she got carried here. She was every bit up for, like, really putting the, like the effort into the work. Like, her bum for the chiropractor mm. looked class. I really, really enjoyed this, and it was a much-needed return to form for the NXT women's division, which it's gone downhill, let's mm. face it. In 2020, outside of Rhea Ripley, and in particularly in late 2019, people were raving about it. It's probably the best product in North American history. We're a long way since that, but my God, this did much to restore
0: um, a lot of trust in the division because this match was class. And, like you say, Kaylee Ray's a, a really exciting opponent next.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, the best female, Kaylee Ray, she's really good at her craft, but she's also like really unhinged and committed in her work. Like, she'll bump the hell off that apron to put Gonzalez over and she needs to be put over as a monster because that aura's kind of uh, deserted her through the booking. So yeah, Kayleigh Ray Ray's almost perfect, I agree.
0: And, you know, there's a reason why they were gave her such a lengthy entire reign in NXT UK, of course. Uh, and speaking of NXT UK, next we got Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Um, it's surreal this, because he got a two out of three falls match coming in a bit, and I'll swear my notes for this are maybe longer than my notes for the two out of three falls match. And the length was almost the same, 25 or so minutes, I think, for the uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole match. This one went about 22 minutes, but it did not drag at all. And, you know, it, again, it, it said, he went in with incredibly high expectations because they're basically saying, we're going to run back a five-star match, the best match of WWE last year, but on a bigger stage with people there. And yet... Obviously, they just kick the crap out of each other. Look at Dragonov's chest, for example, when he was pl- proclaiming he was the wrestling czar or whatever it was later. But, oh, just jaw-dropping this. I'll try and mention as much as I can, but obviously, if you haven't watched that, go and watch it before we talk about it. Because, oh, goodness me. Um, so, early on, Walter hits a hip toss and Dragunov is, is frustrating him immediately. He's avoiding all the chops. He's hitting chops of his own. Um, Dragunov is, is just avoiding him, for attacking him, but not getting hit, basically. Uh, Walter goes for a, a leapfrog uh, as, as Dragunov's doing a rope run, and Dragunov catches him and slams him and does a side headlock takeover, goes for a key lock. Um, oh, Walter powers out, pops, just places him on the top rope, and caves his chest in already uh, with a chop that sends Dragonov to the floor. As uh, I, I will not mention it more than once in here, but often if I'm talking about stuff happened and then something else happened, expect it's them just just chopping the crap out of each other. Um, Walter reverses uh, what is it called? The Constantine special, I believe it's called, into a. Overhead, you an suplex, and then just nails Dragunov with a boot. And you're thinking, okay, I've seen, you know, big hits and boots and chops and what have you. I know how this works. And then Walter just goes, yeah, but what if I chop him on the back? Oh, my days. Chops the soul out of his body. But Dragunov, because he's bonkers, fires up uh, and takes down a Walter with a clothesline. Hits uh, uh, Inseguri, hits a pump handle suplex, climbs the ropes, hits a diving drop kick, lands a top rope senton uh, from the opposite corner, goes for his uh, torpedo Moscow, but Walter counters that into a sleeper suplex. So, (laughs) Drakanov just gets up, gets out of it, and hits the torpedo Moscow to the back of Walter's head, and then hits another one for a great near fall. Walter goes up top. He's going to hit that huge splash that, of course, won him the title. Uh, but Dragunov gets up there, hits a superplex, hits a missile dropkick. They're both down. Walter, I can't believe I'm saying this again. I shouldn't be surprised, but still. Walter hits a shotgun dropkick and a uh, stack powerbomb for another near fall. And then just looks at Dragunov and slaps him as hard as he can across the face, running knee, powerbomb, and then he hits that top rope splash. One, two, Dragunov kicks out the near force. I know we saw them most of them before in this match, but I still bought on every single one. Uh, He just starts ground uh, ground and pounding, or pound and grounding if you're Michael Cole, uh, (laughs) goes goes for the clutch. Dragunov flips out of it, hits a diving headbutt, and... It, the desperation, as we saw in the first match, is key here from Dragonov. He's just, just, please don't get up. Basically hitting him with elbows, putting in a sleeper. Um, Walter climbs the ropes uh, and just jumps, just goes. Well, it's the only way out of this. I'm just going to jump and uh, to try and break, break out of it. And Dragonov goes, all right, let go, and then just starts elbowing him again, locks in the sleeper. Walter gets to his feet, falls backwards. Dragonov won't let go. Desperately just nailing him, striking him, cross-faces, rabbit punches. And then finally, he locks in the sleeper one final time. Walter staggers and submits to Ilya Dragunov, who ends like an 870-odd-day run of Walter with the NXT UK Championship and is just overwhelmed. I'm breathless just talking about it. I couldn't believe this match.
1: This was absolutely incredible, phenomenal, exhilarating, realistic violent, intense, professional wrestling. By orders of magnitude, the best WWE match of the year, they will never beat this. They might not beat this, and this is no exaggeration, given the complexion of the new model archetype of NXT recruits. They might never beat this. Depending on what Walter does next, and Dragunov is phenomenal but I think Volta is the better performer but then on this night Dragunov looked like the best professional wrestler in the world Mm -hmm. I don't think he is he's certainly up there but here's the true genius for me of this performance Ilya Dragunov had to tell the story of right I'm a professional wrestler this is the pinnacle of my career I have to literally perform as if this is the fight of my life Mm -hmm. and he did precisely that imagine like all right uh, Wilbon, you have to do the best um, podcast of your entire life Cedric, yeah. so today at work you have to write the best article you've ever written, it's like I don't know if I can do that <laughs> like, I really don't, Drag it off right, you, what you're doing is you're winning the title but you're winning it from this guy who in NXT canon is virtually undefeated in singles competition, like god of a bloke a total colossus uh, you have to credibly convincingly beat him and enter your best performance can you do that? And he's like yes Jesus Christ! The intent behind everything that he did, particularly in the last five minutes, when he was like doing in football parlance, like a horror tackle mm. in Volta's neck and throat, carrying cross. Please look at how Dragunov did that forearm to the back at the last second. That was unbelievable. The pacing, the fire. The sheer exhaustion and anguish of the selling, which was never abandoned. The fire-up spots of the fire-up spots. They measured it perfectly. Like Tomohiro Ishii would have purred mm. watching this match. That's the highest compliment I could possibly give it. The suplex, when he drills him on his head and dragging off, no, I'm not going to sell that. This is the fight of my goddamn life. I will do something first, and then I'll sell it, because I need to keep you down. When he just did the cannonball, mm. I watched that twice because, again, I watched it in the morning and I watched it with Murray again on my lunch. If you look at the suplex, the sheer timing of everything in this match, it was unbelievable. He gets dropped on his head, but it's like the roll-through effect, so he doesn't really take it that badly. It just looks horrendous. Masters, masters of technique, masters of emotion. This was unbelievably great professional wrestling. WWE will never do a match like this again. If you are looking at the gloomiest forecast, and Nick Khan was literally your weatherman mm-hmm. in an interview with Ariel Halwani last night, uh, the notes of which you can follow at uh, M on Twitter, <laughs> they'll never do any. You'll never see anything quite like this in WWE again. Just absolutely blistering. You have to watch it. Mm. There are certain moments where Dragonov is just refusing. It's not no selling. He knows how much it hurts. He just can't acknowledge how much it hurts because if he does that, he's down for the count. Mm. You'll you'll struggle to see a more spirited performance than this. And if you think it's too much in terms of how much violence they inflicted on one another, everything that was done on their heads was done so safely if you scrutinize it closely. They smacked the piss out of each other, <laughs>
0: but in the safe places. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. I, I couldn't get enough of this. I thought it was like I said, I went in going, you know, sort of arms folded, go on then, top what you did last year. And they did for me. And genuine surprise at Dragonov, despite, you know, like you said, the spirit of performance. I thought, Oh guys, he's, he's gonna be another fantastic, plucky loser. And then he's not only beats Walter, he submits him and uh yeah, talk about springboard for him as the new NXT UK champion. And Really excited to see what they do next with Walter as well. Provided it's not on NXT UK, I Mm. am too.
1: (laughs) But then, can you imagine him? If he goes on NXT, fine, great. To be mooted that he might have a feud with the winner of the main event, in fact. Bang up for that. Oh, yes. If he goes to Raw SmackDown, you can carve his gravestone right now. Vince McMahon will never let him do a match like this in a million years. He will take one look at him and think, oh, you're fat. And he will never allow him to do a tenth of what he's done here. His aura will disappear. Form a prayer circle if you love this match, because Volta might make NXT America, if you like, genuinely get back to the top of the pile in terms of in-ring work rate, at least when he's in the ring.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for health That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. We go backstage, and it is a celebration for Ted DiBiase and the new million-dollar champion Cameron Grimes. They're literally just passing out money at this point. (laughs) Um, uh, And DiBiase puts over Grimes, saying he's carrying on the legacy of the million-dollar man. And it's something that got me very giddy. Michael Sidgwick announced the million-dollar celebration for this week's NXT. I can't imagine what they're going to do for that. Uh, Can't either. We'll save it for the preview, but insert heel will interrupt, probably. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, And we got Samoa Joe pacing back and forth, of course, ahead of his NXT Championship match with Karrion Cross. when William Regal walks in and says, I'm supposed to stay unbiased, but please kill Karrion Cross for me, effectively, which I thought was a nice touch too. It was nice. It actually felt like an organic conversation, and it wasn't like William Regal was being unfair. It was just... Right, then we got the undisputed finale, the uh, the two out of three falls match, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. I went into this with the polar opposite feeling that I had compared to the NXT UK Championship match of, oh God, what are they going to do here then? I was thinking 40, 50 minutes. And I have to say, credits are both guys here. And I've said this several times already today, especially on our news. Your WWE, if he hasn't signed with AEW, we'll talk post match about his NXT farewell, effectively. If you're WWE and he hasn't for whatever reason signed with AEW, give him everything he wants, whether it be money, whether it be doing a Twitch channel, whether it be up up down down, whether it be Uno, I don't know, I don't care. But Adam Cole is what has to stay in WWE for them, in in my opinion. Uh, obviously do great stuff in AEW, we'll talk about that in a second, because let's talk about this match, because, yeah, I just thought it, w- it completely superseded all my anticipations for it, and it made me remember, oh, yeah, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are sensational pro wrestlers, and as long as Triple H doesn't go 40 minutes minimum, lads, and gets these grubby little fingers on and goes, oh, three stages of hell, remember that? Then you get stuff like this, Um I just adored this. I'm gonna I'm gonna complain in a bit. I'm gonna moan about the audience because they always I was furious at the end, um, but I thought they just encapsulated their entire story together in this match. So early on, this is just a straight pin form a submission match initially, of course. Uh, Cole tries to suplex O'Reilly into the steel steps. We know that's played into their relationship before. So O'Reilly counters it and hits a brainbuster on the floor. Um, O'Reilly hits a front kick in the ring, palm strike, uh, gets in mount, gets into an ankle lock position, but Cole kicks out and hits a leaping knee for two. Uh, O'Reilly goes up top, uh, eventually gets uh, gets Cole down, goes for that diving knee of his, but gets caught by a wonderfully timed super kick. Uh, but as Cole goes to the Panama Sunrise, O'Reilly counters it, cradles, first pinfall in three and a half minutes. And I just thought, oh! Oh, my God. They've they've been listening. They've learned. Um, so the second fall is, of course, a street fight. Also, a, a, you know, a, a subversion of what we normally anticipate, i.e. Babyface does not normally get the first fall. Uh, all the stipulation that they pick, that never normally happens. It's usually flipped, reversed. But um, no, this fall two is a street fight, as picked by Adam Cole. So Cole... Uh, Legs it out to the floor. So O'Reilly goes out after him and takes him out, puts him on a chair, puts a trash gun on his head. First thing they're doing in this street fight, puts a trash gun on his head and just running drop kicks it. And I thought, well, we're in for a good little street fight then if that's the beginning. Uh, O'Reilly goes to climb the ropes, but uh, Cole catches him with a super kick and O'Reilly falls and injures his ribs on the apron. This would be the story of this match of Cole then targeting uh, that midsection. Uh, Cole tries to whip O'Reilly into the chair that he's wedged into the corner but O'Reilly rolls out to avoid it but clips his ribs on the ring post just I just, I love the fact that it wasn't just this is this this is this spot this is like that transition there was was really good um so Cole gets in gets a kendo stick of course break you doesn't break it but twats O'Reilly a lot on the ribs basically goes to go for the last shot so O'Reilly covers up so he just stops and goes. Oh, well, you're not protecting your ribs anymore. You're covering your head. Bang! Just hits him on that. Uh, Cole, might be a worrying sign if you're a WWE of things to come. Puts a lockjaw yes. on O'Reilly. Uh, and then uses the even uses the kendo stick in there for, for leverage. Um, so Cole rolls out to the floor, uh, wraps a chain around his fist and just that face of his, just the sadistic, haha, I'm gonna kill him with this. Looks up colorizing the exact same thing across the other side of the ring. A little bit, you know, performative stuff, but hopefully uh, I'll get your thoughts on it in a second, but hopefully, you know, not one final beat levels of melodrama in amongst all this. So they get in and just use, yeah, their chain-assisted right hands to to batter each other. Cole hits a super kick out of nowhere for a two, camp, two count. Uh, they go to the ramp. Cole hits a thrust kick on O'Reilly's, injured ribs uh, O'Reilly puts him in a guillotine and then hoys him off the ramp into the plexiglass in front of all the fans O'Reilly goes up top um, but uh, the, prior to this they've set up the chairs and they've done that thing where it's not the the two seated parts of the chairs together it's the two backs uh. of the chairs together and you think right who's gonna have to eat that because that's gonna suck well it was uh, it was O'Reilly because Cole when O'Reilly went up top popped up and just hoyed him onto the edge of the chairs, just horrific that, and uh, hits the last shot for a pinfall, one all, 17 minutes gone, I mean unless this steel cage match is half an hour, maybe they're onto something here, uh, there was also a big spit here, obviously the cage sides have got to come down, and what have you, split second when I was watching this, or I, because obviously normally in WWE, main roster, the steel cage is built already, and it's above it, and I was looking going, they've not put steel cage up there, So I didn't see it initially. Yeah, I thought it was going to go 2-0. I was like, (laughs) you can't do a 2-0-er. At least make it seem like it's not going to be an obvious 2-0-er. And then, yes, but they were there and they got lowered in amongst all this. Uh, They spent a long time checking on Kyle O'Reilly. Cole couldn't care less, continued to batter him, was not going to let him just recover whatsoever. Power bombs him onto the announcer before hoying him in uh, as the cage gets all fixed into position. But O'Reilly fights back. He does that spot where you've got the wrestler between the ropes and the cage and just hits repeated running forearms. A diving knee drop as Cole was draped over the ropes that looked great. Uh, sort of Nyla Rose-esque, I suppose you'd say. Uh, O'Reilly goes to the diving knee off the top rope, though. Uh, misses. Cole goes to the last shot. Misses. And O'Reilly hits a last shot of his own for a brilliant near fall again. Cole, of course he does, hits a low blow. Climbs the cage. Looks like maybe he's just going to leg it out of there. But O'Reilly gets back up and they're on the top rope, twatting each other. Um, Cole sends O'Reilly back down to the mat with a huge right hand. And Cole comes off the ropes to hit a spectacular Panama sunrise for a near fall. And Cole, realizing he's exhausted all of his maneuvers, decides to cheat yet again. Cut corners. He breaks out the handcuffs. Handcuffs Kyle O'Reilly to the top rope. I wonder what on earth was going on at this point. How on earth are you going to do a finish there? So he handcuffs O'Reilly to the top rope, super kick, super kick, super kick. But as he goes for another one, Kyle O'Reilly catches one, heel hook, and with one arm, yes, I suppose technically using the other arm with leverage for, 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 for power in this, he submits Adam Cole. He wins. Kyle O'Reilly is finally victorious in this undisputed finale. And the crowd shout BS. Inexplicable, this for me, but I'll let I'll let you talk about it before I, I before I say what I have to say about this. But I mean, you and I went in, as did Hamlet, very nervous about how this was going to be the the legacy of Adam Cole if he is as we believe leaving NXT. But just yet again, never doubt him.
1: We doubt with Triple H is in his ear, but I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, looking at that lock jaw and looking how much or how little this lasted. Uh, I think he's just had a word and said, "Look, I'm going out. Here's the deal. You might not listen to the feedback. I do. We can't go 50 minutes. It's ridiculous that their two out three falls match went l- shorter. They're not complaining, but like if you look at it from story beat eight, story beat Zed ridiculous that this went shorter than the unsanctioned and the one-on-one match they had at, was it Great American Bash?
0: Something like that, Something yeah. like that, whatever.
1: Um But still, I was, I can't tell if I'm more relieved at what this wasn't than I was thrilled by what it was. That's fair, yeah. So there is a part of us that thinks that, however, structurally, this is weird, and I do think that the fans might have complained about it. If you're watching a live show, and presumably you're really invested enough to go into an indoor building Mm -hmm. in Florida right now, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to want to watch a cage match. I personally don't, but I'm not there. I'm not buying a ticket or taking a shuttle bus, whatever the hell these people do. (laughs) Maybe they were booing the fact that they didn't really get a cage match. They just got a finish that took place in a cage. I don't think they like Kyle O'Reilly or... They love Adam Cole so much that Kyle O'Reilly to them is not Adam Cole, but you're going to get more of him than Adam Cole. Hopefully it's not personal. If it, if it is, they're a bunch of dicks because Kyle O'Reilly always seems like such a hardworking, mm. amiable guy who's given them so much of his body. And let us not forget, like it takes a warrior's performance from him most nights because he has health yeah. underlying health problems, he's immunocompromised. Like, it takes a lot out of Kyle O'Reilly to do this. And how much does he give you? He takes so much punishment. Look at those chairs. Like this group of fans, I never want to bury a group of fans, but go on, have some respect. You mm. like can, can reject bad booking, and you can't all go to Gorilla and do it in Vince's face, so you do it where you can in your seat. So more often than not, it's bad booking. Like show some respect to Kyle goddamn O'Reilly. What a warrior's performance this was. It wasn't just the stuff that he took. The chair thing was ridiculous but it was how he sold it. His selling of the ribs and how it informed virtually every single movement he did in that match. Like him, Even him coming off the ropes. Mm. He's like, oh, that sucks, but I have to do it because I'm in a fight. Mm. Like Kylo Riley was class. Adam Cole was class. I don't think the match was like an outrageous classic. I think structurally it was strange more than anything else. I think people had an expectation for what it was, whether they were up for it or not. and He had subverted like twice in the first and the third fall. It was like, really strange. It was like, I just get what I want. But I didn't really want that. I, it was yeah, yeah. Just an odd, odd sensation. Both these guys were great. And I really liked, Calo um, Riley's selling was awesome. Adam Cole worked that match as if it wasn't his last night. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. He didn't have a job face. He didn't have to go like all out um, in terms of this hour-long match. And what I liked, let's face it, this has been a totally overwrought, overlong backwards feud mm-hmm. that's been a massive disappointment considering if you were in 2019 you said oh by the way Kylo Riley's gonna be the baby face and he's gonna topple Adam Cole at last you think oh god can't wait for this it hasn't been that at all mm. um, the booking obviously nothing to do with the wrestlers I liked how in the end the Dickhead heel got outsmarted and outfought by the baby face whose head he would placed under his thumb yeah. that's just a great finish Maybe it would have worked better had these fans actually seen a cage match. I certainly didn't want to, but I don't like WWE cage matches. Uh, these this set of fans feels like the rule proven exception, apart from the ones who happen to be there who listen to our podcasts. Obviously, of course.
0: Yeah, I, the, the BS chance. I'll, I'll tackle that first. I want to mention Carla Riley selling as well because, I, I, I like you, I couldn't work out necessarily why that was. Like we all know pretty much that Carla Riley's going to win because out the door, and we, you know, whether Probably it's out or the other, yeah, yeah exactly, um, so I don't think it was really, maybe the finish, but then I, they are, I, I sat there and thought about it for a minute, and I was like, what finish do you want there, like, I know it's a cage match, yeah, yeah but in their uh, unsanctioned match, he hit a, that huge top rope knee with a chain wrap around his knee, you ain't topping that, you ain't gonna do a big, a bigger pinfall finish than that one, in my opinion. So what they did instead, I thought, was a wonderful recap of, of what's gone on before. Like I said, the, the match had spots that was informed by the people and their girlfriends in parts, um, the people and their history and the brain buster on the steps and blah, 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 blah. And then you had the fact that earlier on in the match, Cole's knee had been nailed into those chairs as well. And whenever we'd seen these two fight, often the the... the know, uh, leg lock, the knee bar, whatever you want to call it, has been Cole's weakness. And he uses his knee and he exposes that knee for you know, for the last shot. And he has to hit the Panama Sunrise. And blah. I, do, I, it was, I was just so, you know, I was like, yes, oh, well, he's done it. And then I was just like, what? Where's the, where's, where's the pap? You know, yeah. and speaking on uh, O'Reilly selling, he's so good that, I didn't, you know, fully buy into it. It's like the near falls that you get in matches. you right? like John Cena's near falls, for example, at SummerSlam, I didn't actually. But th- I didn't. I didn't think he was going to win. But by God, I was like, oh, for that. His selling was so good, and you know they do the, the officials coming out after the second fall. That for a split second, my brain went. God, that wouldn't that be awful, is if they had to stop this match. Because this is Cole's last match, one way or another. Like, he's, he's extended this contract. He's done that handshake deal or whatever to, to go up to this pay-per-view. If they have to be like, exes, we're stopping the match. You're like, oh, no, please you yeah. know, end this feud. Give me a satisfactory conclusion to this feud. Um, but, yeah, putting aside your heart... <laughs> Head-wise, what are you saying for for Adam Cole's future? I'm sure we can delve into this more uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Like I said, do you think WWE will offer him the world to stay? I believe they already have, and I believe that
1: he doesn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I'm looking on Twitter last night, and I know the Young Bucks, they love a tease whether they can deliver it or not. They went so hard on being the elite in late 2019 on Marty Scurll if anyone's getting really excited about Adam Cole and the prospect, bear in mind Marty Scurll was offered a Roman Reigns level salary and the booking pen to stay with ROH and AEW probably didn't offer him that much, Mm -hmm. but they probably thought, you know what? Like, bigger arenas, bigger profile, bigger merch opportunities probably, and the books were like, all but said, Oh, he's coming, he's coming. Going to Put like little pictures of him in the frame and being the they did the usual teasers and he didn't come, <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily mean the world. The books just love a good tease, they've loved it forever. I love them for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to deliver anything. But Britt Baker quote tweeted mm-hmm. the Young Books new bio tweet in which they linked to the greatest seances or something like that. <laughs> yes. Like Adam Cole is a very smart man, I don't think Adam Cole about Adam Cole is that he loves the Shawn Michaels style of wrestling mm-hmm. and the fact that he's able to do it. He's the only one who's allowed to do a shock face in NXT. Like he loves, he idolizes Shawn Michaels. So it's going to be a hard decision for him to leave WWE behind. Um, he's got loads of friends there or did past tense. Maybe you shouldn't have sacked them before you offered him the deal. Mm.
0: Um, I think it's going to AEW. But a hell of a hell of a farewell for one of the greatest NXT performers of all time.
1: Yes, absolutely. 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 Um, Adam Cole's so goddamn good. He raised me from the dead. Hmm. i telling you, man. Transatlantic flight. I, was, I woke up at 4 a.m. Drove to Newcastle Airport. This is for um, WrestleMania 35 weekend. Got up at 4 a.m. Had very little sleep. Newcastle Airport. Trans, uh, flight to London. Transatlantic flight. And I got no sleep whatsoever. Same. Got my hotel, knackered. Had a shower, worked to an extent. Saw the boys that raised my spirits to an extent. Seen some phenomenal matches at TakeOver New York. And I'm like, I'm knackered for this main event. I can't do it. There were moments when I was like, I've just woken up. Mm. I've just woken up during the first 10, 15 minutes. Like, I've fallen asleep during the goddamn TakeOver main event. And it got so good. And Adam Cole was so great that he roused me from the dead. Um, He's one of the best talents NXT's ever had. And it's almost fitting that they've lost him, one would hope. It'd be great in AEW. There's so much storyline potential. And he's dead on the main roster. Everyone knows this. It's so fitting that they've let him go and they are going to ruin NXT. Yeah. I mean, it's so hypocritical of me for me to say that. I think they've ruined it for the past two years. <laughs> but he's been like I've loved virtually everything he's done. And, yeah, this brand without him is going to be so much worse in terms of its quality and if you look at everything him and O'Reilly have done together, its popularity. He was, like, one of the only draws they had. Hmm. If they ever had, like, a, a
0: high 700s number, it was because he was highly profiled in a segment. Uh, After this match, we went backstage and we saw the new NXT UK champion, Ilya Dragunov, being asked about his victory. He said the ring general has fallen, talked about being the wrestling czar. And then we got a brief promo from uh, Legado del Fantasma, uh, calling out Hit Row. Santos Escobar says, Swerve will find out that there's nobody better than Legado. Uh, and uh, Mendoza and Wild uh, say that they're going to finish the job on Tuesday and Escobar concludes by saying he who laughs last laughs best It is going to be the three on three match that we've been looking forward to for quite some time this week on NXT and then it was time for the main event Karrion Cross defending the NXT Championship against Samoa Joe who we haven't seen in a wrestling ring since last February ages like yeah, ages a long long time Uh no Scarlett still, I believe. Last thing I read about her, she wasn't medically cleared. That was the, the, the rumor going around. Fans in, in the CWC didn't care. They were chanting about the lack of Scarlett, uh, as Karrion Cross was trying to make his mean entrance. Um, a short match this, but the right decision in my opinion to give him like 12 minutes or whatever it was. Um, just just all bangers basically. Joe early on goes for the coquina clutch. Uh, Cross has to use the ropes to break it, but Joe won't break. So Cross hits a doomsday Saito suplex and a running forearm to the back of Joe's head to gain control uh, counters Joe again, it's another Doomsday Saito, locks an ankle lock in on Samoa Joe, who fights out and sends Cross to the floor, and hits, just to talk about a rolling back the years, the tope through the ropes for that, just made me think, oh good, that, that Joe's back basically, Anyway, they come back into the ring. Cross hits an exploder suplex, gets a two-count. Joe counters him, uh, counters a running attack of his, hits a power slam for a two-count, hits a a, a power bomb again for a two-count, and then turns the kick kick out immediately, recognizes the opportunity, puts an STF on Cross who just has to get to the ropes to to force the break for it. Uh, Cross hits a hammerlock knee strike and a DDT, and they trade several uh, near falls on this. Puts in that coquina clutch of his in the center of the ring. Um, but uh, Cross rolls out of it and then locks in the, the Cross jacket. So Joe fires up. It, great spot. It looks like he's fading and he's just gathering himself, basically. Fires up, breaks out. But Cross nails another forearm to the back of Samoa Joe's head. He reverses a clothesline, Joe, though, into Urinagi Top rope in Siguri. Carrion Cross is then perched on the top rope. And <laughs> I audibly said, He's not like that yeah. because, yes, he sees Karrion cross in position, picks him up, and hits the muscle buster. One, two, three. Samoa Joe is the NXT champion. Not only that, he's the first ever three-time NXT champion. Karrion cross, as anticipated, we suspect, is probably main roster bound as well. But as much as we went into this going, well, carrying cross is probably going to go to the main roster and Samoa Joe is going to win... I still wouldn't let myself believe it right up until he got him into that muscle buster spot, and I thought, "Well, if they're letting him do that. That's that." Um, yeah, but another pleasant surprise on this show for me. This, yeah, it was
1: over delivered, but I really didn't think there was going to be anything to this whatsoever going in. It was worthy, I would describe it as mm. it wasn't particularly great. I might not even—I don't think it was even very good, but it was worthy. Samoa Joe—you have to caveat his performance with how long he's been out. Like he retained some of that old explosiveness; he didn't look sluggish, even though he would have been justified in doing so. It's his mm. first match in forever. Um, this didn't benefit from having Volta versus Dragunov on the no. same show at all. It didn't have that same intensity, that same spark. Um, but look. For once, and I don't know if it's just because of um Samojo's particular frame, but for once Carrion Cross's Doomsday Saitos really felt like perilous. Um there's one great spot. I don't know if it was just a moment of serendipity, but they always feel so much more potent in the overproduced environment of WWE. But there was a spot where like Samojo's drooling and yes. some of it's like brown red because he must have I think it was a cross jacket, wasn't it? Yeah. He must have like got a little cut inside his mouth. Um it looks like it was pissing blood from his mouth. Uh, that was class. Of <laughs> I love blood. I just do. Such a little edge edgelord at times when it comes to pro wrestling. Uh, I but, did
0: think that added to you, Dragon, I was celebrating. Yeah. That Harry Potter yeah, yeah. scar on his head, basically.
1: Absolutely. Everyone should just do coast to coast, up and down the card. <laughs> Look, this was worthy. There were moments where it jolted into electricity. They were there were moments where they cast doubt over the outcome. They did as good a job as they could have in a match that realistically paled in comparison, but sentimental factor behind Joe elevated it as well. They did the job, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just the right decision uh, and, and a great way of passing that torch and at least a believable way of transitioning from someone who destroyed uh, Champa and you know ran through all those other men when they were challenging him, the, the, the Fatal 5 way, just ruined all of them. I thought, like, it's maybe obviously the newness of Joe in terms of considering him as a title challenger, but I thought, in terms of a transition of the championship, I, I don't think they could have done much more here. No, not at all. Not at all. But just, They just they, they had a job to do, and they did it as best they could, I think. A tremendous takeover. Um, arguably helped by the fact that I went in going Pete Dunn Pete shrug did, sort of yeah. thing, but afterwards yeah, I'll I'll probably be g- gladly going back and watching uh, the whole thing again, but certainly oh, dragging off Walter is getting a rewatch even tonight. even better on the second occasion. Oh, my days. But let us know your thoughts uh, all in all. Like you say, before we wrap up, actually, the future of NXT is looking... In terms of this, this is the last takeover, as we know it. A hell of a sign-off, but very worrying times ahead for that show.
1: Oh, Christ, I... I mean, the next four weeks are going to be drivel content-wise. We apologise in advance. They're taping a month or something. Mm-hmm. My God, that's going to feel so inessential to to do anything with. It's weird. Do they stop doing takeovers? Please, no. Oh, well, it's one of those. Where it's like if they're not going to do banger matches, which is the calling card, then you're just going to annoy the audience into thinking that, oh, well, I missed that one. I missed the old thing. Do they care about the audience? Who the hell knows? I've got any idea at this <laughs> point.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we'll probably delve into this more... In the coming weeks, certainly for the NXT preview out tomorrow, of course. But let us know your thoughts on NXT TakeOver 36 on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts. You can also check out our AEW Rampage review all about CM Punk's AEW debut right now have got the Raw Preview coming out, the Raw Review and the NXT Preview. A busy old week, basically, in terms of wrestling podcasts. So subscribe to get them in your feed as and when they come out. But this has been the NXT TakeOver 36 Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.